Welcome to the Art of Leadership with your host, Nina Ellison. I'm Nina Ellison. Over the next three weeks, you'll be hearing parts of conversations between three unique healthcare professionals within the field of nursing. We all know that in our world today, a profession that has been profoundly impacted by COVID-19 has been the nursing profession. And I want to introduce you to some of the thoughts that these three have had over the last months. They don't know each other, and yet they share a common thread. And I think you'll see it as you hear their stories and hear the choices they've made. The first person you'll hear from is Lauren Booth, a family nurse practitioner. She's a clinician that works with geriatric patients. And Lauren also serves as the president of a nurse practitioner group of over 300 professionals who meet monthly for personal and professional growth. And then Daniel Mullins, a registered nurse who is the director of IT for a healthcare delivery system within a statewide department of corrections. And third, Amy McDonald, a nurse practitioner who has worked in several roles in caring for patients as well as educating newer professionals. Starting with Lauren, I think it would be fair to say that, Lauren, you're an early adopter. And so I'd ask for you to begin this series with sharing the idea of the focus or the change that you made early on in this crisis that supported you and those you worked with, as well as the patients, by taking a very strong stance. In fact, I'd like to add before Lauren shares that one of the things she mentioned in an earlier conversation was the conviction she had from her own experience. The fact that masks work so well with preventing the spread of tuberculosis. And so she knew for masks could have an impact on the spread of COVID. And so her values and her convictions in what she already knew, she was grounded in what she wanted to share. So, so Lauren, I can't wait to hear your story. Hi, Nina. Thank you for allowing me to share my story. Um, So just a little background information first. I work at a senior living facility. Uh, comprised of short-term rehab, skilled nursing, assisted living, and independent living, approximately 500 residents and patients there. Uh, So back in March, when the CDC changed their recommendations and no longer recommended masks for prevention of COVID, I felt a little differently. Uh, I felt like I needed to do whatever I could to help prevent the spread of COVID throughout the community. So I went to the administration of the facility and let them know my thoughts their first comment was that they did, they were worried about the budget. Could they afford to buy all the PPE? So I presented to them the fact that if, if we did have COVID run throughout the community, that patients and residents could potentially die from it, that no one's going to want to come and move into your community. If you have a lot of cases of COVID there, hospitals aren't going to want to admit to short-term rehab at your facility, if they don't have to, they'll go somewhere else. If you have cases of COVID, they did get on board. They they did um, buy the PPE. However, I was able to reach out to a charitable organization that was able to donate PPE in 95 masks, surgical masks, and other protective equipment. Also reached out to another community, senior living community in the area. Uh, talked to the practitioner there and got them on board and had some donate donated PPE there as well um, by this charitable organization, uh, along with another assisted living facility in the area too. Initially, the employees of the facility that I'm uh, working were not all on board. Of course, 
some had complaints of, you know, do we have to wear this? It's not very comfortable. Uh, you know, you, I can't breathe as well with something over my face. So I had to explain to them the why behind it, tell them that, you know, it's not just for protection uh, of you, it's protecting, you know, all of our patients that we're caring for and explain to them how the masks work in regards to prevention and spread. And so once they had that understanding, they were on board. And so then they passed it on to their coworkers. It was, I feel like a very successful venture going out on that limb to to say, you know, I didn't agree with the CDC at the time and that we really needed to do that because we all employees have been wearing masks since then. And we've only had one positive case that I'm aware of. And that was an assisted living with a resident who had been going out into the community. They were quarantined. It was contained and, and no spread. So that's my story. Yes, I listened to Lauren's story. One thing that comes to my mind is that being a positive thinker doesn't mean that you're going to be viewed positively. Lauren had some work to do as she moved towards her goal of everyone in the healthcare facility where she worked wearing masks. Amy, Daniel, any thoughts with what Lauren is sharing here? Yeah, I'll jump in quickly. Lauren, I think it, it takes a lot of effort. And when you're an early adopter like that and you're going to administration and you're saying kind of going against what they're recommending, I think that's really brave and, and hard to do. And I know that in early March, that was a really challenging time. But I also think what you did, which was really good, was explaining the why. I think that's really, I wrote, I was writing little notes, but the why, you know, I think that that's so important because if people don't understand why you're making them do something that they don't normally do, then you won't really have the adoption of the new practice. So I think not only did you do a really wonderful thing for your team, but you did it in a way that made everybody um, embrace it and, and want to do it. So um, I think that was really great. Just to add to that, again, I think, you know, echoing the, the bravery and courage it takes to, to take that stand forward, just thinking ahead like that is, is really impactful to those around you as well. Uh, knowing that, you know, there may be some resistance, getting that buy-in and, and that, that really, like she said, explaining the why behind that is, is phenomenal uh, to, to really take those steps forward and, and do so with confidence. Bring those around you forward with you, not just take the step forward yourself, but bring those around, those, those around you forward with you, uh, I think is really important. Thanks, Amy and Daniel. You know, Daniel, I had just written down two words in capital letters, buy-in. As I think about John Cotter's book with that same title, it was written about 10 years ago where he talks about if you really want to get buy-in, you, you have to engage people's hearts and minds. You know, Lauren and going to the administration, you sought to engage people's minds. But as you went to your colleagues, to the people who you worked with, the staff and those around those facilities, you were using the concept of the why to engage their hearts and, and doing something that was not comfortable for them or convenient for them. or And even as, as Amy called out, the, the, the idea was still that this was an optional strategy uh, at the time that you were having these ideas. You know, I'm thinking about Winston Churchill, and, and he said, the positive thinker sees the invisible. So others around you, uh, Lauren, I, I think weren't seeing what you were seeing yet. It was invisible to them, and yet you could see it clearly. Research reveals that positive thinking is about so much more than, than being happy or displaying an upbeat attitude or, 
or even choosing to discover the positive that can come out of a difficult situation. In fact, positive thinking in no way minimizes the tragedy and the difficulty that has been faced during this pandemic. But as you can see from Lauren's story, her choice to think positively of of what she could do to influence those around her actually created real value, value in the lives of those she influenced. So next week, we're going to look at how positive thinking influenced the work of Daniel Mullins, opening up the sense of possibilities and potential in systems and processes that may not have been there before, may not have been seen before, as we just talked about. Earl Nightingale says, we become what we think about. Let me leave you with these three thoughts. Leaders who are positive thinkers are more often linked to better outcomes. Leaders who model how to experience positive thinking are intentional in enhancing positive emotions in themselves and those they work with. And third, a positive leader is interested in the success of the business as well as the development of the team. Uh, Perhaps we could say today with the discussion we've been having, a leader is interested in the development and the safety of the team. In closing, I wanna share with you a tremendously positive experience that is available no matter where you live. John Maxwell has been my mentor for many years now. And as a part of the John Maxwell team, I am now able to offer you access to tickets at a reduced rate for his global leadership experience called Live to Lead. Each year, John Maxwell invites several of his friends to share their leadership insights. And this year will include new new ideas, not only from John, but also from leaders like the former CEO of Boeing and Ford, Alan Mulally, and Steve Harvey, the comedian and businessman. If you're looking to gain some positive thoughts and insights, you just don't wanna miss this opportunity. The link to learn more about this is in the show notes. And I can't wait to see some of you there.